Hello, hello, and welcome to the Beehive Jive. We're two amateur beekeepers from South London, and we like to chat about our our bees. I'm rubbish. At <laughs> You're not rubbish at oh, it. Oh God, I'll just let you do it from now on. Every time I try, I just I laugh halfway through. You do. You, you do. You look at me and start laughing. That, that was fine. We are well. Semi, you're semi-pro, aren't you? No, as I've discovered this year. <laughs> this year I've discovered I don't know as much as I thought I did, which is a good thing for a beekeeper to learn, I think. Really? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's it's humbling, you know, just to remind yourself that you've got to – beekeeping is not a routine. There are, there are different things happening all the time and you've got to be aware of that. Oh that's my very complex dark thought for the beginning of the podcast the things that, I mean, this isn't going to be the most depressing beekeeping podcast ever that was, Not la- as, that was last yeah. one this one's more uh, perky this one has kind of has moved beyond the void I feel <laughs> for me personally <laughs> I've I've made it across the bridge um yeah so but um how how are you how has how are your guys doing oh we haven't finished yet talk about yours your disasters. <laughs> I was trying to deflect. because <laughs> no, I was going to say, you got some really nice messages after the last Oh, God, I had some really lovely messages. Thank you, everyone, because I have to say, that was that was a real body blow for me, losing my bees like that. And um, here we go, it's getting dark again. Um, it Yeah, but it just means a lot that, you know, people are encouraging and I think, like I said, my, my employer said to me, you know, you've got to, you know, hold on to that resilience. So it's nice to know that people understand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're backing me up in spirit. He's a farmer, isn't he? He's used to um, yeah. the weather ca- yeah. causing him problems. Um, and you met, you met another podcaster, didn't you? Last couple of weeks? I last met, week? Last week, last Friday. I met Kev, Kevin from Beekeeping Corner. Um, and they are, Kev's from New Jersey. So he was over here with his family and his wife, Sharon. And uh, we went to a 700-year-old pub in a place called Westrum in Kent. Um, and it was, yeah, it was fantastic it was fantastic to meet him, actually, because, you know, we all have a slightly different take on beekeeping, which I think is partly influenced by geography. Would you, I mean, would you say? I mean, certainly people I meet in Australia have a different kind of take on things, maybe. Um, but it was really love to meet, lovely to meet him. And we recorded a little mini podcast. Oh, dear. Which will be out if you approve of it, oh, <laughs> you haven't heard it yet. No choice. <laughs> yeah, Kev's so, it's like, Kev, Kev um, he's very technical. That's what I yeah, like about him. He's very absolutely. precise. And uh, he was telling me how many hundred pa- hundreds of pages of notes he's got. Yeah. All I've got is Google. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shame I couldn't meet him. I, 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 was, I was on holiday myself. Was yeah. Yeah, we missed you, you know. We mm-hmm. did actually, yeah. I think you were missed and, right. you know, obviously we had a great time and everything, but it would have been nice if you were there. But anyway, it, it, as you said, it's nice meeting someone who has a completely different approach to podcasting um, and one which I'm sure I could learn a lot from rather than 
wittering on <laughs> ad nauseum about he's a, stuff. A, his podcast was the inspiration for this one because when I first started beekeeping, that was the first podcast I listened to. Mm. I do like his podcast. It's incredibly informative. Yeah, he puts a lot of time into mm. it. I was laughing. He, he put a comment on, he put a picture on uh, on Facebook of him where he's, he's staying for holiday uh, with his feet up with some beekeeping books out and a highlighter pen. And I said, who takes a highlighter pen on, on holiday <laughs> with you? It's like him because he wants to go yeah. through and pick out the bits. Yeah. And he's read the Bee Learning book as well, the Thomas Seeley book, and was really into that. I thought if you'd been there, you could have had a good conversation. I made the box. You made the box, yeah. Does look does look like cars run over it. And we both talked about how when Tom Seeley signs your book, he draws a bee above his signature. Yeah, it's what a cute love so it. Long. Yeah, <laughs> but worth it. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put that podcast out. Yeah. So at some point in our highly rigorous uh, publishing schedule. <laughs> yeah. So when you said, see Kev, you went to a seven-year-old pub where you had egg and chips. Yeah. I did. It was delicious as well. Was it just egg and chips? Did you really bake it with it? No, I had a large glass of white wine. Fair enough. <laughs> Quite. Yeah, not the kind of thing you'd normally have with egg and chips, but yeah. You're classic, classic girl. Hey, what can I say? <laughs> So what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about um, uh, the impact. About my bee safaris. Bee safaris on your yeah. beekeeping. Talk about frisky bees. I've got my first. Yes, hot hives. Yeah. Yeah. I get hot. I think they're pretty well <laughs> Um And then it's coming into autumn now, so we're going to start doing varroa treatments. So we're going to talk about which what treatments we do. Um, so go on in, tell me about your beekeeping Bee safaris. Okay. So the bee safaris themselves, I have to say, have been great. I've really enjoyed every single one. I've met some great people. Everyone who comes on them is really interested in bees. So it's easy. Do you know what I mean? It's just easy to meet nice people and talk about bees. Um, So I've had 64 people do the safaris this year. How, How many weeks? That was what? How many so far over? Over what time period? So that was from July to now. Oh, okay, and you've had a lot of rain, haven't you? So I guess you've been yeah. So I had to cut, cancel a couple and reschedule them. Um, so I'm really happy with that. It's been great. I guess what has happened the the kind of impact on my beekeeping has been that because I lost so many hives. Um, you know, even though I've got seven there in that new apiary, it kind of limits it limits how many bees you've got to use, yeah. which means that you're constantly trying to manage the impact on the bees. So normally what I do is I have a hive, that's or I have two hives for the bee safaris, and I just use those two, or two hives and a nuke normally. Um, because with a nuke, you, you know that you can show people, you'll find the queen and, and you know, people can see everything, etc. Um, but this year I've had to kind of spread it across the apiary. So every hive that I've got, every colony there has been used for a bee safari at some point. So what that means is I've been kind of using the bee safaris as my inspections. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reaction. <laughs> 
a chuckle. And um, <laughs> so I haven't been proactive in maybe some of the manipulations that I would normally do. Like, I mean, I did split one hive. I had one really good colony that survived the, the mass death. And um, so I took that and I did split that one. So I've got three good-sized colonies out of that, which is great. Um, but all the rest of them, you know, like, for example, last year, as you know, I was very excited about sugar rolls, um, did them on all my colonies, loved doing it. I haven't done one this year. I mean, I've been monitoring the drop, but it's not the same. It's nowhere near as accurate. Yeah. Um, so I haven't done that. Um, and I'm just trying to play catch up now by getting all the Varroa treatments ready. But I think the main thing that that has really impacted me is that I didn't do any queen rearing this year because with the the major stuff that went down when they all died, um, followed really quickly by the bee safaris beginning, I didn't have time to set up my queen rearing. And I haven't been in any desperate situations where I've had to buy queens or beg for queens, but there are a couple where I've thought I could really improve this colony by requeening it and I haven't had a queen to do it. So it's just a bit like, I mean, I've made it through the season and they're all healthy and they're all okay, but it could have been, it could have been better. So it's like the, I guess this is the same challenge people have when they're running training aprons. Yeah, Definitely. Is that they're, you know, they're trying to they're trying to keep them as active colonies, but they're they're in and out of them twice a week. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes four times a week. Wow. Okay. Four bee safaris a week. So you know the two colonies that you moved to my apiary have been used for bee safaris. They're both really nice temper, actually. The one with the yellow queen, I would say, is the best. Um. But I mean, you know, I the first time I used them, I just thought, I hope they're going to be okay <laughs> with all these people looking at them. Um, they're not shy. No, they're <laughs> they're not coy bees. Stage they five. they were fine. They were fine. Um, no, they were very good tempered. But I mean, if it hadn't have been for you lending me those two hives, I wouldn't have had enough. It would have had a too much of an impact. Um, and also, in, with in addition to all of this juggling, has been the heat the hottest day ever that we had um, and I had a big colony which was too crowded and I'd just taken a super off to extract and I hadn't put it back on yet and I was rushing up there putting, you know, extra supers on it to give them more space and putting umbrellas over them and God knows what anyway. So I've done the best that I can to meet all my objectives <laughs> but I've only met some of them. So, I mean, do you need a second apiary site? I know you've got yeah. three at the moment, but do you need one and just treat that like a training apiary? Yeah, possible. I mean, my my problem is, God, I feel like this is my one-to-one. My, my <laughs> problem is that um, with, with the lavender field, mm. I've got two conflicting objectives there. One is run the bee safaris, two is produce honey and you can't really do both. Um, so that's 
that's kind of my problem. And p- people who do the bee safaris want to do them on the field, you know, which is I agree with. You want that experience of being at the field. Um, but so I, I just kind of need to think about that over winter. And yeah, but I mean, you could put your production hive on a slightly different site, couldn't you? You can move them to that other, you've got a nursery site. Yes, but it wouldn't be lavender honey. Well, I think it probably would be. I think they, every bee in the world goes <coughs> there. Every bee, every bee in like a five mile radius goes to that honey field. Mm, probably. So, yeah, I need to think about that. But the ones in Beddington, I got loads of honey. My God, loads of honey this year. And it's really lovely honey. It's kind of, it's similar to the ones that your bees do, to the honey that your bees do. Um, And it's just this like gorgeous, deep flavour to it. It's really nice. So that's been good. But they look after themselves, those bees. I only go once every couple of weeks. Or the poo farm bees. Do you know, Kevin mentioned that. What, poo farm? Yes. I'm building a brand for you, Trace. I'm building you, a brand. He said, how are your bees at poo farm? I was like, who told you that? <laughs> building you a brand. The poo farm brand. Thanks, Paul. We'll go global. <laughs> You're a professional. <laughs> How many, would you have three there? Yeah. Have you split them, have you? Yeah. I had one which I split. But, um, well, I'm not even going to show you one of them ever because you'll go nuts because I didn't give them enough frames. Oh, right. Because I, I, I decided to split them that day. I didn't have the equipment, gave them a couple, meant to come back the next, and I didn't. And it's like... A labyrinth of All right. comb in there. So I'm going to have to wait till spring and then shook swarm them along with that other one. Yeah. You know the one I'm talking about. Well, the other one you didn't have the frames for either. There's a the pattern developing. <laughs> the, the one in the apiary, which I think still has some of your extensions on it. Yeah. That's still in the same shape that it was. It's got bees in it. Right? <laughs> Maybe two years ago. It's got bees in it. Loads. <laughs> <laughs> and it survived. Yeah, yeah. Because they couldn't get out. They were trapped. <laughs> so much brace comb. No one could get in. <laughs> <laughs> to infect them. Came in, I thought it was like one of those fancy mazes. It is it's a mess. And then I've got this other hive, which I'm just gonna I've been just looking at it for a few weeks thinking I have to do something about this, which I've never seen this before. I don't, I don't know why they've done this, but they've built comb under the floor. So when you. Under the mesh floor. (laughs) Under the mesh floor. So when you, when you look at the hive, you can see these loops of comb hanging down. Might have a queen under there. They might have swarmed. Well, I I wondered if it was that or if it was. I don't know, maybe even a supersedure, and she's come back and hasn't gone through the front door, has gone underneath. Yeah, could be. So I need to see, that might be, so that's another colony. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way I see it. All right. So it sounds to me like you need uh, three apries. You need Mm. a queen rearing apiary. Um, Mm. 
honey is money kind of work camp. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, camp, 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 Tracy. Um, and then you need to like the the ape you've got at the moment for the safaris is a treat like like a training apiary. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the trade off when you're. I I don't want to say exploiting the bees, but when you're getting paid to show people bees, that's going to be, there's going to be an impact on the bees. But you know, I need to be clear. I manage that very very carefully. I I don't you know open every colony every week. We've got like six six on the sort of training apiary. Yeah, seven. Yeah. So you can open, you open only open them once a week, really, aren't you? Yeah. Or cycling through. Yeah. The thing is, some of them are nicer than others. So the nice, the nicest one tends to get opened a bit more. Um, but I mean, they produce loads of honey, and they—that's the one I split. They've got a lovely. I've got some nice queens this year, actually, from my splits, which I'm really, really happy about. Um, I've got a nice one. It's yeah, completely, completely yellow. It hasn't got any bands on it at all. My God, really? It's weird, weird. I saw. I, I thought. I, I, I thought. Is that the queen or is it a big wasp? It's just bright yellow. That's bright yellow covered in green paint. Is I'm she chunky? Um, well, she's only a couple of weeks old, so she's probably the last new queen I've got. There's one more virgin in uh, one of the nukes. I'm waiting for that to mate. Cool. And that's it then. I've just got to put all the um, anti-robbing screens in to keep the wasps out. Oh, yeah, that's the thing at the moment as well, yeah. And then uh, treat them and feed them. Mm. So what are you treating yours with this year then? I'm using Apivar. Which one's that? Apivar are strips that you hang down between the frames, a bit like – you know, like those polymer strips, they look like Baverol yeah. or, or those. So its active ingredient is Amitraz, I believe. Right. Um, and Amitraz is, a, well, it's a relatively new one, isn't it? It's new here, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? new here, yeah, yeah for us. Got certified about, what, three years ago? Yeah. Um, and... It's one of those ones that leaves minimal residues in honey, but, I mean, that wouldn't affect me because I would always take the supers off anyway. Um, so, yeah, I used it last year and I got really good results with it. So I'm going to use it again this year. Oh, I guess some of that because I wasn't quite sure. What to, I was going to use Mac strips. Yeah. I need one to put in, in the in nukes as well. So. Well, that's, that's the thing, yeah. I've had a really bad ex- experience with Mac strips in nukes. What happened? Oh, they don't like, well, it's too too strong for a six-frame nuke. Right. So I only did it once. So on a max route, you put two strips in yep. each box, and you with, with a six-frame nuke, I thought, oh, okay, half. So I put one strip in, did not like it at all. Really? No. So uh, I won't be doing that again. I, I mean, I used Max for a few years. Um and nearly burnt the inside of my nose out because you can't help getting a whiff of it when you open it. It is. I, they I seem did, gentler now. When they first came out in the UK, there's a new formulation. They yeah, were, they were quite. Yeah, 
cleaned your sinuses out. Yeah. They were quite brutal. God, they were really. And I just thought, God, if it does that to me, what does it do to it? And you'd do to the bees and you'd put it on top of the bars and they would just run away from it, you know. Um, so I did use that a few times. but And this was the original formulation, not the new one. Uh, I did lose some queens. Yeah. And I think that was one of the problems with it. No, I did. I lost some queens. Mm. Yeah. So I stopped using that. So I think I don't know how long Apivar should be on for. It's probably six weeks, but I'm not sure. I need to check that. I can't remember. It doesn't use temperatures, does it? No. It's not like um, the thymol ones. It had to be a no. certain temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Or even max. Yeah. So you can't leave them in, can you? Either? No. Resistance. Yeah. Resistance is futile. Yeah. <laughs> You nerd. <laughs> so yeah, so I might do that. I was I was going to um, I was going to use oxalic on them and vaporize it because um, what I do is is um, depends on the drop. But I do three to four treatments five days apart when they've got brood. Oh yeah. So I just go up there in my little bee cannon. I've drilled on the floors. I've drilled a hole in the back of all the floors. And I put a little wooden plug in there. Um, and that means I could just go along the back of the hives and just treat them. Mm. I take the little plug out and I put the mm. put the gas. That massively cuts down the time, doesn't it? Yeah, because you can just go along the front then and tape all the fronts up to keep all the – you want to keep as much of it in, much of the sort of vaporised gas in the uh, – sublimated gas in the hive. So um, I'm not sure. I've got new – I made myself some robin screens. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you them. Made them with a bit of um, uh, plastic trunking. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll show you. I'll show you later. What's it like a frame? No, it's a queen excluder, but you get a bit of plastic trunking. It's not my idea. You get a bit of plastic trunking, and you screw like um, twenty-five by five mil you know, plastic cable trunking, mm-hmm. um, and you screw that in front of the queen, the entrance block. You screw it onto the spare block. Oh, I get it. So they, can so they enter get, at the sides. Yeah, they can get the side. And you drill some holes at the front so that so the sort of the wasp thing can smell the hive, hit through the holes, but they don't they can't get through a little tunnel. That's quite simple. Yeah. So I I'm just I, I was I went up there today, I was gonna put them on today, but um I they found something they're on a massive flow at the moment. So mm. the amount of bees going, I just thought I, I don't really wanna yeah, interrupt that. Interrupt that. So I'm going to go back next week and, and try it again. So I'm taking the honey off next week. Cool. So I'll take the honey, do the treatment, extract the honey, buy some glasses at some point. <laughs> God, I've, I've got some. Yeah. If you want them. I'll show you. I bought, I bought for Greece and holiday, we bought some honey. It's got a really nice jar. I'm trying to work out where to get a similar sort of jar. I, I can I can tell you where to get all that stuff. Okay, I'll show you. You get some there. beautiful jars, but I I don't use them because they're like in volume. They're still too expensive, so I just get the cheapest jars I can get. Yeah, nice your jars, eh? The the new ones, the hexagonal yeah. ones. They are really nice, actually. They're much nicer, and they look bigger than they are. <laughs> so, like the round jars I used to use, 
they, they weren't that impressive or striking to the eye, but the hexagonal ones. I never, I never kind of really got why beekeepers were so into hexagonal jars. Now I do. All right. Mm. Ob- obstacle illusion. Yeah, that's it. Makes the half-pound jar look like a one-pound jar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's it. Yeah, that's it, which is important when you've got hardly any honey compared to what you normally get. But, um, so how many – I mean, you're down – in terms of height, you're down about 50% now, aren't you? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big thing next year is trying to build my stocks back up. Um, but I won't be buying bees because I can't believe how much it costs to buy bees. Now it's expensive. It's it? really expensive. And, I mean, they're not all, you're not guaranteed of good-tempered bees. No. Um, so I'm just going to keep – I mean, I've got one hive – one colony, got to get the terminology right, um, which is just lovely. You open it and they don't even move. They're just beautiful. So the, I've raised, yeah, two queens from that this season just by sp- splits. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep trying to grow that gene pool. That could be my new gene pool, who knows, because I make loads of honey as well and they're lovely. Oh, you can't really have lovely bees, though, can you? That would go against your brand. <laughs> My bees are all lovely. This was another thing that Kevin said to me. <laughs> you are, you're saying, you're slandering me. <laughs> oh, what did he say? Well, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it came up in probably around the time of burying queens, I should think. <laughs> Oh, anyway, it's nice to be known, isn't it, yeah. <laughs> for something? And for poo farm and killer bees. <laughs> and queen burial rites, queen Valhalla. Well, I like it, you put, you, uh, you bury your bees under a flower. A Do weird. you? Not really. No, you're trying not to laugh when you say that. You don't really like it. Hey, do what you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your favourite flower for burying them under? <laughs> God, <laughs> this is getting a bit desperate. <laughs> My favourite flower would be a dandelion. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a bit cheap, isn't it? No, bees love them. They do, actually, this is true. Sugary, rich nectar, lovely pollen. So you can give me some advice then on my frisky bees. <laughs> my first time ever I've had. Your first time ever. I've had bees that slightly scare me. I still haven't. Oh, yeah. I still haven't. Uh, Go over the hump, yev. With not to bump them off, um, I'm probably heading that way. I think it's a bit like now when you're young, when you're in your teens, you used to first start having relationships, and eventually uh, you have a relationship with someone who's a bit of a bastard. So you catch them, you know, snogging your friend, and oh, make you God. pay for everything. They never turn up, and you're you're you're, you're convinced it's you. Where aren't is you? this going? <laughs> we well, are. Yeah, you're convinced it's you, right? It's, oh, if only I change. That's, I'm I'm like that with that hive. It's like, well, you know, maybe it's the way I handle it. Maybe it's because it's the weather. I'm going to change them. <laughs> but I've just come to the conclusion, they're just bastards. Yeah. So the first time they started stinging you, you know, like your glove meets your suit. Yeah. They stung me. I showed you a picture. Yeah, I know, they, yeah. They, they really went mad. So I thought I could outsmart them. So I got some of those weird-looking cuffs you can get. Yeah. Um, I no, like no, those. Now, I wear now, those. Now they're stinging my legs. <laughs> 
the only thing they find the the place of least resistance and go for it. Yeah, the only thing that's missing is like that B-shaped arrow out of a Tom and Jerry art cartoon and it chasing me across a field. They are (laughs) miserable. I'm not sure which hive it is though, because I've got three hives next to each other. I've, I've narrowed it down to two. So, how do you deal with frisky bees apart from bumping them off? Well, you're an expert. You, you've, been you've, a, you've had frisky <laughs> bees for <laughs> 10, 20 years. Um, okay, I'm going to be nice to you and give you the correct <laughs> advice. As you gave me a lovely gin and tonic, I'll be nice to you. I didn't, the wife did. Yeah, Katie, it is lovely. Um, so you have to find the queen. And in my experience, really, really bad-tempered hives like that that just try to kill you are usually pretty big. And it's really, really hard to find the queen. And also you really don't fancy going in to find the queen while they're stinging the... Jesus. ...out of you. <laughs> um, so... What you can do is you can bleed some bees out of the hive. So you reduce the population. So what you do is you move it, I don't know, somewhere else a few feet away. It it doesn't have to be, you know, three miles. But you you want to move it far enough, more than three feet away, so that the bees don't go back in. Okay, so you want to bleed all the field bees off. Yeah, exactly. Uh. So you put an empty box on the site and when they come in they'll – come back they'll just all go into there which leaves you with the original hive with the nurse bees and the queen in there and it so it significantly cuts down the amount of bees you've got to wade through to find the queen that's a good tip and then i think you just have to cull the queen i mean okay so if you've checked every every other reason why they could be upset like are they bastards are they are they sick or are they starving or could it be the weather or the end of the flow or if it's none of those things and they're just – I mean, that photo you sent me of your arm, that's really bad. That's that's not just they're a bit grumpy because the flow is coming to an end and anyway, you said it's not. But I would I, – I'd find the queen and I'd, I'd deal with her and put her under a dandelion, <laughs> not at this time of year. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to let her overwinter. Um, just because I don't really want to dig through that box. I mean, hopefully it'd be easy to find her in the, in the spring. Mm. But, yeah, I've, I've never really experienced it before. Because I, th- I thought I'd be like, you know, I'll leave it till last. I mean, I, I guess that's a sign you've got a hive, you've got a requeen when you leave it till last. Yeah, because it's going to upset all the other bees. And yeah. the first I did that, I left the wrong one till last. So I opened mm. the visual one second to last. Oops. Um, but, yeah, it's, I've, <laughs> I've never experienced it before. They just, you open the lid and they just take off. Yeah. So what are you up in to? In your face. Yeah. yeah. And then you open one next to it and they're, they're still annoyed that just your, your mere presence of, of being in their vicinity. Shame though, because it's making a lot of honey, but I'm not going to fall for that. Well, you see, it's so seductive. That's the problem. I always think if they're, if they're in a place where they're not going to bother anyone, can I can I put up with... Can I handle them enough to be able to leave them as they are? But the problem is, at the end of the day, having really nasty bees is just miserable. It's it's horrible inspecting yeah. colonies like that, which means you tend to put off doing it, which means you could get problems in there that you're not aware of. Well, today, I mean, I went up there, I expected 
15 hives and it was nice it was weather was quite nice um i've got quite a lot of nukes i quite like expecting nukes um it was all nice up, up to the last point where i had to do that hive and then it was horrible <laughs> it was just yeah i drove yeah. home and i could see the stings hanging out of my trousers i was going to send you a picture of it but i thought i don't want to stop sending you pictures of my trousers <laughs> No, no, but no! Like all the little stings hanging out your, your kind of thighs. Oh, look! Like, like I said, and I don't mind sharing this, but they—I had ones which sting me on the inside of my thighs, and it really hurts when you get stung there as well. And that was through my bee suit and jeans. And I think what they do is when they can't get through your gauntlet, as you say, and they can't get through your veil, somehow. They they work out where the next vulnerable place is. <laughs> I always get i i had a i had a very 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 bad tempered colony which was stinging everyone that walked by, um, and I wish I hadn't said that now. What <laughs> about where they sting me? <laughs> they sting on your legs. They sting me on my legs. Yeah, um, it was stinging. It was. <laughs> It was stinging everyone that walked by, so I, I had to do something urgent about it. And the only thing I could do because, you know, the people I worked for wanted it gone that night, dealt with, I had to move it somewhere, and that's when Poo I Farm. didn't. Did you move it to Poo Farm? No, I didn't actually. I'm going to say Poo Farm as often as possible. I might, <laughs> I might even call this episode the Poo Farm Memorial Podcast. Well, if they don't ask me back next year... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I love you. I love. I love. I love it there. Yeah. Thames, it's, Thames it's, Water have done a great job there, and they um, the honey is gorgeous. It's kind of my favourite honey. Why are you whispering? In case someone hears me that I work with. Right. You do know we put this on the internet, don't you? What? <laughs> <laughs> is that how my nana hears it? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. Okay. I had to move them away. And that's when I did the bleeding off thing. And that worked enough for me to find the queen, get rid of her, re-queen. And do, but the thing was that really, really struck me. As soon as I removed that queen, um, they changed instantly. Oh, really? Yeah. Their, their attitude improved 100% as soon as she was gone. And then I, I had a mated laying queen that I introduced very carefully using a nucleus method because um, I thought they might kill her. But they they absolutely changed straight away. So it's just it's incredible how powerful, you know, the queen is without being powerful. But, you know, yeah, the effect she has on the colony. Yeah, I don't know what to do with it really. I could split it, I guess, next year. And see if, see if her daughters are any less uh, moody. Yeah. You'll probably just get the same genes, though. Probably. I, don't, I mean, it's not like I need, I'm desperate for for colonies, so I could just no, you've got- bump her off and replace her with um, a functioning colony. <laughs> so you were saying you've got six- Colonies and six nukes into winter, is that right? I've got um, seven colonies, nukes, 
and six uh, full-size colonies. I had a bit of a bad, I mean, my queen, my queen rearing bit was a bit of a disaster, but um, since then I've raised another sort of 10, 12 queens. So I've actually, I mean, I said I wanted 14 new queens. Mm. I've got 14 new queens. So. Well, there you go. Job done. Well, it's good. It's good to. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in um, if something goes wrong, it's probably your fault, right? So it's, mm. it's it's good to kind of just go back over. Okay, well, why why did that for me? You know, why why did my queen really get off to a bad thing? It's because I was just too excited, eager, and just, yeah. Mm. And if I'd done the same thing, but three or four weeks later, I would have had a completely different result. Mm. So that's good. So I'm also I'm going to start next season. Um, just going to treat them, feed them, put them mm. in their little wire wire houses, sort of woodpeckers. I've seen green woodpeckers around the farm. Oh, have you? Yeah. Yeah. They'll do it. Well, they learn, didn't they? They don't normally do it. But once they learn mm. that um, beehives surprisingly have lots of tasty insects in it, then they, you can't stop they them They teach doing each it. other, I'm sure. Yeah. Have a little meeting. Mm, yeah. A lot of quarterly meetings. I've worked out this week. If you bang a hole through that bloke's box, it's a tasty morsel. So, yeah. And then I'm going to get labels made this year as well, shockingly. For your honey? I, I am, yes. I'm going to actually bottle and jar and put labels on my honey. Are you having your own label designed or are you no, I might going have for my another catalogue? I, I, might, I, might, I might have it designed. I don't know yet. I think you should. I'm going to call it Poo Farm Honey. <laughs> Trademark. Don't use an H then. <laughs> You'll have Winnie the Pooh people after you. I'm just called Poop Farm. <laughs> I, I might get. I might get the. I might get a label made because there's, there's people who do it for like 50, 50, 60 pounds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got nice labels, haven't you? I had a lovely label, but we're not using it anymore now because last winter um, I spent time going through all the options for packaging and labels for honey mm. um, with Lorna and she, yeah, she came up with this gorgeous new label that they're using across the range um, so, of course, I was very upset this year because I thought I wouldn't have any honey to put in it, to put in the jars with the lovely labels. Um, but as it turns out, I did get some lavender honey, so that was better than nothing. I mean, obviously, a tiny fraction of what I would normally get. But So where are you going to put your bees next year then? I'm going to leave them where they are. Right. But that's where you do the bees. If I can. Yes. So yeah. Where are you going to put the... Camp Tracy, the production hives. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, they they're kind of going to have to be in the same place. It's just that there is the bee safari hives are marked hives that I use. Okay, and the rest I just leave alone. Well, you know, leave them to get on with the honey. Yeah. I mean, the problem is the competition now on that field. The bee competition is so so huge. There are lots of beekeepers who move hives into the area and which they're perfectly entitled to do. But it's, you know, the six years I've been there, it's massively changed. I'm getting a lot less honey than I used to. You know, when I first started there, I was only beekeeper, I think, for miles around. 
with maybe one or two exceptions, and um, and I got a lot more honey, and now I don't. But we're doing bee safaris instead, which is something new. So that's something that no one else is doing on the lavender field, just me. So you know, it's all it's it's just all commercial decision making. Um, but you know, I think I've relied on. Poo farm. Now I'm saying it <laughs> to to kind of to prop me up in the honey stakes. Um, we because we sell that honey as Surrey honey, um, and it's. I mean, like I said, it's gorgeous, well, it's gorgeous honey. honey. I mean, that that to, mm. all, all jokes aside, that site's about five hundred acres, isn't it? Yeah, and it's all it's wild. Once you get past this very small sort of. Um, Water treatment works. Mm. It's all it's all organic, natural mm. wildflower meadow, isn't it? Essentially, yep. no one's allowed on it. It's completely organic. You know, like the 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 water company won't let them put chemicals on it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, and also there's uh, a big park just down the road with loads of trees, yeah. lime and horse chestnut and everything. And but that site is really really interesting because. Um, the actual site itself, there's a Roman villa there. Yeah. And which they open to the public, I think, every now and then. The ruins of it. Yeah, yeah. And so that was a Roman farm and they've done lots and lots of excavations there. But I think the plan is that that is all being returned to kind of wetland and, and like yeah. for, for nature. So they're gradually kind of shutting down that operation and pulling out. So um, I, I really, really, really hope they let me keep some bees yeah. there because it's it's it wild, actually uh, the best side. Meadows, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's why the honey's nice because it's all traditional. Wild yeah, it's flower. a beautiful colour as they well. They reintroduce native species of flower there as well. Yeah, and they're so they're so nice to work with as well. Like Ian, who's the biodiversity manager, he's just every year. I, mean, I only see him once a year, but you know, he's remember he. We, were you there? I don't know. I don't think he came down and uh, put his bee suit on and put the bee suit on and helped me move the bees in. And no, I think I helped you move the bees in with him. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you yeah. were there. Yeah. He, he, was talk, he was talking about all his projects. How he's That's doing right. Yeah. Badges and butterflies and yeah. toads. And yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. So it's no, it's cool. It's really good. So you need more hives on there. Yeah. Have you got moving back for winter? Yeah. Let me know. So it all starts to get a bit crammed then because my old site where they all got sick and died, mm. three have survived um, and I need to move those out. I need to get those in clean boxes now. The bee inspector said get them in clean boxes and move them out before winter. So they've got to come over to the other side. Oh, God, that means I'm going to have to move them and then bring them back. Um, Why? Because I can't just move them to the other side. I'll have to take them away first, you know, the three feet, three mile thing. lock them in for 72 hours. Actually, I could lock them in, couldn't I? They're not yeah. that big. i lock them in. Because it's not hot and they're not that big colonies. Put them in new boxes, go around the yeah, early dusk, or when it's raining, just tape them up, leave them there for, cause they've got honey, they've got those of stores, they're not going to go hungry, mm. are they? No. And then leave them there for a couple of days. Mm. So... All of these things, all of these things that need doing. It's a hard life. 
being be, a beekeeper. Beekeeping, beekeeping is it's not for the faint-hearted, is it? Okay. So um, I think that's it, really, isn't it? We kind of covered the uh, the thing. When's the honey show? I don't know. It's October, isn't it? Hmm. And the reason I don't know is because I'm not competing in anything this year. Oh no! I'm having a I'm having a year off <laughs> in recognition of the damage to my <laughs> my nerves. So, um, yeah, but I don't know when it is. But are you still going to go? I yeah, mean, well, do are you th- going to go? I try and do the full. I'm actually going to do the full three days this year. Yeah. So every time I say I'm going to do the full three days, I always end up doing for something for work. Yeah. But I've decided this, I'm going to work it out. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. I don't know who's speaking or anything. No. Because I've cleaned my smoker now, so I don't need a new smoker. How did you clean it? I cleaned it the most lazy way to clean a smoker that is possible. So you get soda crystals, a bucket, fill it up with water, take the bellows off, just drop it in, leave it for two days, take it out. It's, I'll show you it's, it's immaculate. Oh, my God, I'll have to try that. It's really easy. Just bucket, soda crystals, take the, the wooden bit off, the bellows, just open it up, scrape out most of the gunk and just drop it in there and it just just lifts it all off. Did I tell you when I, you know, when I did those training courses at the beginning of yours, the year? Yours looks like it stopped a bullet. <laughs> I know. It does. I know. I'm I'm really ashamed of it actually. But oh, I've just got such a bad temper. But anyway, um <laughs> <laughs> Um when I went to when I did a course, it was at Rygates, Apury. Um so uh, out in Surrey and they've got beautiful smokers. Like you know the one that I've got that I ruined. They do. Yeah, they've got the little, the smaller version of that. Right. And every time they use them, they wash them. Oh. in washing soda and all all the members they just completely know the drill and they you know empty the ash washing them and they all look they just look so perfect you can't help comparing it can you <laughs> to, <laughs> to other places that you've seen so yeah yeah so i did that i dropped this i was looking on reddit and someone said oh yeah this is how you clean it you get a bucket soda crystals water take, take the bellows off and just drop it in and it's come out. I couldn't. I couldn't close it. It had so much sort of gunk. Yeah, it. yeah. And now the lid won't stay shut because it's so much space. <laughs> so. so you know how mine's all bent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> is is there anything I can do about that? Well, stop hitting it and throwing it. No. <laughs> no, like. Do you know any basic blacksmith <laughs> techniques? <laughs> I don't know, because it's quite thin still. I'd be worried if you banged out the, the big dent on the top where it looks like you elbowed it. Um, I wonder if it, it, it might crack it. Mm. Yeah. Shame, shame. That's really nice. I'm sure I can fix it. <laughs> it was just one incident, that's all. Was it? Yeah. What'd you do? Come on. See your shame. Oh, God. So I... I was doing I a bee like safari. For user for my beekeeping. You know what? It's because I burn cardboard in it. Yeah, it does not good. And for it. obviously, lots of tar. Oh no, I had. I think I'd even had pine cones in there or something, yeah. and loads of tar. And the lid got stuck. 
Like when I say stuck, it was properly like resin. And I had a bee safari and I was in a hurry and I couldn't get it open. So I took my hive tool and gave it a whack. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Repeatedly. I I, I get that. You burn cardboard in them. You get that sort of resin. Yeah. Which sticks it down. But I found that that soda thing cleans it all off. Well, I'll definitely be doing that. And I'll be spending my winter evenings gently massaging the dents out. Oh, yeah? Dent by dent. That could be a show on Discovery. (laughs) Smoke smoke a refurb. (laughs) Or I could just whittle a new one. They take those really old cars and they they refurbish them so they look brand spanking new. They could take your two-year-old smoker and refurbish it so it doesn't look like a 50-year-old. Well, I'm very ashamed of it because it was a big... Do when I bought that because it was so expensive. So expensive. Some pounds. And I, yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah. Pressure was pushing down on me. (laughs) So (laughs) I cracked. It does. It looks like it took a bullet for you. It kind of did in a way. (laughs) (laughs) I've got spare smokers if you want. Thank you. I, I have actually got two other ones, but they're, once I put them in a, bucket of soda that'd be perfect yeah, yeah i'll do that it's great just lifted it all off and then you get it and you scrape it it's easy satisfying like cleaning the oven no that's not satisfying no okay all right that's the end of that, that podcast then <laughs> talking about ovens so you're gonna you, you can uh, talk us out now if you want. okay i'm gonna talk talk us out um so yeah thank you for listening and if you'd like to get in touch with us you can email us at the beehive, the beehive jive at gmail.com at gmail.com uh, or you can follow us on twitter at the beehive jive thank you very much cheers bye-bye oh. gin i i should be the one to do it what's that gin like oh it's nice and i don't even like rhubarb but it's really nice rhubarb gin there you go oh, i'll be singing in a minute right oh dear. you might want to put that audio exciter thing on <laughs> um <laughs>